Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Burks, and welcome to the podcast, Dreams to Currency. Dreams to Currency is a podcast that's going to highlight everyday individuals like you and myself that have taken their passions and monetized them. From here, we're going to hear these individual stories, how they've impacted their communities, and more importantly, how they overcame their failures. I hope this podcast becomes something that you incorporate into your everyday lives and that you will get advice every time you hit play. So please subscribe and share. Dreams to Currency will be available on all platforms. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. How everybody doing? I know the pandemic has has taken a hit on everybody's lives, but I've wanted to take the time and make a podcast and highlight my circle of friends. Uh, my name is Michael Burks, and welcome to Dreams to Currency. Introducing my best friend, my college roommate, my guy, my brother, Christopher Davis. How you doing today, young fella? You know, I'm good, Bird, as always. Always a blessing to talk to my boy. So yeah, I'm good, man. You know, I'm just glad to be alive with everything that's going on. So I can't complain about you. You good? Man, I'm good. My, I'm good, brother. I'm good. Where are you currently? I am in uh, Le Sable de Lone in, in France right now. Woo, we, we, I see you, boy. <laughs> Along you know me. Detroit. <laughs> <Blow crying. laughs> I see you, I see you, I see you. I know you got some, you're getting some good wine down there, right? What, 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 what uh, you drink? know, been on the board all lately, like we've been talking about. Red's kind of kind of creeping up on me. I usually only do white wine, but I don't know why, what it is. Maybe it's because of where I'm at. But the red wine is kind of creeping up, taking the mm-hmm. lead. Nah, yeah, nah. I'm, I'm not even going to lie, man. You you put me on, bro, onto the red. I, me and, you know, me and my lady, we just been on. Uh, Moscato, sweet wine, you know. So. Same, bro. I was on the white sweet wine. You know, I like sweet wine, but I don't really like the tart taste. But for some reason, when I came out here, mm-hmm. red wine is just better. Huh? Maybe because it's you know you're at the source. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, in your honor too, I had to pop open a, a Bordeaux. So we both Bordeaux boys oh, today. No, we do. You know. <laughs> yep. Can't go wrong with the Bordeaux. Yep. Raising my glass to my God, man. So man, Chris, man, tell me a little about yourself, brother. Let let the world know, you know, a little bit of, you know, who you are, where you where you grow up, you know, what schools did you go to, et cetera. So I'm from Eight Mile and Cherry Line, uh, on the west side of Detroit. Um, grew up, you know, in the hood, hood baby. Mm. Uh, I went to Cass Tech High School, world renowned high school. Everybody know about Cass Tech. Uh, today I went to, to <laughs> uh, went to SIUE where I met my man's, like you said, roommate, best friend, brother, over 10 years now. Well, it'll be 10 years next year, man. We yeah, old, man. Bro. be 10 <laughs> years. Yeah, I went uh, to the E, graduated in 2015. I majored in um, business administration, my emphasis was marketing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little quick, quick summary about where I'm from. Did you always want to study that? 
you know. Yeah, college. always like always like business. I didn't know what which uh, specific field in business I wanted to study, but I always like business. Always like money, math. Always been a math dude, so. Uh, I knew I was going to study business, but I just didn't know which which emphasis I was going to have. So I just picked one in the end. I think the one that made the most sense to me at the time. Yeah. So uh, tell the world a little bit, you know, for people that may not have been. Um, what what was growing up in Detroit like, man? I know you gave a good summary of it, but what what what's the D like? You know, <laughs> it's uh. Just like any other city, you know, it got it got its good parts, got its bad parts. Um, the West Side isn't as bad as the East. You can ask Shafe about that, Darian Shaver. You know, he's from the East Side, where it's, it's rugged over there. But uh, you know, just inner city kid from the hood who uh, had some good people around me. Uh, still talk to some of my childhood friends. Um, and we all just looking for a way out. You know how it is. You're just trying to find something to get away from the stuff you see every day. Um, and for me, that was basketball. So uh, it was a struggle a little bit growing up. But moms did everything she could, made sure we were all right. And, uh, and yeah, it all worked out. Still working out. So. See, man, I think uh, one thing that's always separates you is you know what I mean? Your outlook on life, even, you know, your, your circumstances. Um, yeah. That's why I titled this, this episode, you know, you know, your personal mantra is uh, never say die. Yeah. What does that mean to you? What did that come from? I know I'm hearing it already, you know, in yeah. your story, but for the people that don't know, what does never say die mean to you? So when I was like 11 or 12, uh, me and my pops used to play, uh, college football on, on the PS2. For those of y'all who can remember when they played, when they came out with college football games, they don't do anymore, but we used to play college football on, on the PS2. He will always beat me and I would get mad and quit because I'm a sore loser. I, I hate to lose and I'll get mad and quit. And the first time I quit, he stopped the game and was like, I don't care if you're losing a hundred to zero you play until the game is over. You, you never say die. So you, you don't, I don't care what, this, what what's going on. You play until it's over. So uh, my pops always told it for, like, like uh, since I was 11, 12, he always said the same thing and it applies to life. It's not just sports, whatever it is, if you lose and you down bad, or if you win it doesn't, doesn't matter what the scoreboard is. You play until it's over because it can change in a second. So yeah, that's kind of what it means. It just means don't give up. Don't uh, don't settle. Just whatever it is you're doing, uh, if it's whether it's going bad or it's going good, um, you don't give up until it's over. So yeah, that's basically what it means in a, in a nutshell. I like that. That's always been one of uh, the quotes that you you know you got many quotes, man. Obviously, you know we we huge Drake fans, uh, yeah. fans, so we always quoting Drake but that's one thing that you probably didn't know that impacted me in, in my life at that point in time when we was in college and I took from you like never say die never say die and I still yeah. use it and apply it today so I appreciate you for that and I hope whoever tuning in to this will do the same bro so yeah that's yeah. that's real 
think it's a decent motto to kind of live by because I, I don't I'm not into quotes and it's you know inspirational stuff like that I just think it's you don't need to be motivated to do the things you need to do but uh that always stuck with me so ever since my my pops told me the first time so it always stuck with me I got it tattooed because I, I just thought like it can apply to whatever situation you're in, like good or bad sports, um, the economy, business, whatever is going on. Like you just don't hang your hat until it's over, until the clock says zero. So, yeah, I, I think so too. That's good, man. So, I mean, obviously, like I, I said before, you're a pro hooper right now, man. So was that always a dream for you? Was that yeah, you know, like, like – uh, Every other boy in the hood, we want to go to the NBA. We want to go to the league. Um, but you know, like like you and I both figured out when you get older, the chances are so slim that, you know, you just, you don't say doubt creeps in your mind, but you just know it's really, really hard to make it to the NBA. Like it's, it's really hard. So I, of course, I always wanted to be a pro. I always wanted to, uh, to play pro professional basketball, but I didn't even know about um, overseas basketball, basketball in Europe until my senior year, like the end of my senior year. So um, originally I thought it was NBA or bus, but what I found out later is, you know, it's, it's other professional leagues you can play in. So yeah, always wanted to be a pro, yeah. Man, and I, and I, my bad as well, I forgot to, to really, hone in on this I, don't, I think the world really need to know this you know about you out you know your game specifically my boy was Steph Curry before his time before Steph Curry really blew up blew up or <laughs> <laughs> not on the highest key not the gas nobody you can look it up at one yeah. point Christopher Davis yeah. was the three-point shooter in the country yeah. His freshman year of of college, so <laughs> I I I feel bad that I, I did you that 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 disrespect, brother, because you got a chopper, <laughs> as we say down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what's crazy about that? I didn't even know. I didn't even know we played Eastern one game, and Coach Forster called me in the office like the next day to watch film because I had I, it was a three I could have shot, but I, I passed it like I passed it to somebody. Somebody, I don't know, somebody else was like wide open. He like, why didn't you shoot it? I was like, such and such was open. He like, man, you know, you're leading the country right now in, in uh, three-point shooting. I'm like, nope. <laughs> so sure enough, I left his office. I went to go look uh, on the internet. Sure enough, the article's number one, three-point shooting. I'm like, man, he's not, he's not lying. And That's we had like four, four or five, four or five games left. And I'm like, damn, I gotta, I gotta, close it out like being one. So I had to make sure uh, I, I ended the year with at least that, like I could be able to say that, like I, mean, I was number one three-point shooter in, in the nation for division one, for division one. You got to throw that Correct. in. Correct, put some respect yeah. on his name. You heard him for nah, division nah, one. Cause you know, they, they kept, they keep it for division two and division three. So I can only say in, in that category, I can't say for the whole NCAA. So only for division one, yeah. Okay, be humble about it. I understand. Be humble. You know, be humble. I guess always, man. Always. <laughs> no, me. Always. Yeah, that's why you my guy. So, bro, man, when did you realize? Like, honestly, you know, uh, 
that, you know, I got a shot, man, at, at playing professionally. Like, you know, freshman year, obviously, like I just highlighted, you know, you started off, but that's, it may have hit, hit you then, but to me, you know, that's, that's, that was so early in your process because, you know, you still had that love of the game. You know, you had that, that goal of like, all right, man, you know, if I continue at this high level, you know, I'll make it. But when it's like deep inside of you, you knew like, I got this, like I'm about to be a pro hooper. Honestly, not until my the my senior year, the last probably four or five games in the conference, and then we went to the conference tournament because I'm thinking I'm about to go to grad school. Like I'm about to finish this year, I'll go to grad school. And then out of nowhere, a bunch of agents just started emailing me. And I'm like, whoa, uh, I I didn't know like what to think or what to I'm like, damn, is this is this real or you know. Cause I, I didn't, like we was talking about earlier, I didn't know anybody who went through that process and mm. I didn't know what to say to these dudes or what, what, what to expect. So it wasn't really real for me until um, like probably March, February, March of my senior year, like right around conference playing the conference tournament where I started getting all these emails from uh, different agents. So yeah, that's kind of when it was really like, man, I'm really about to play. Uh, pro basketball so yeah not until then okay cool cool so when did you outside of that when did you um choose your agent how did that process work like walk walk me through that i know i know you just said you know agents were emailing you but what is the business side like you know obviously i'm in it now you know i'm in that space but on the yeah. opposite end, you know, before I even came became an agent, you know, I was hitting you up like, you know, bro, mm-hmm. like, you know, what are some things you like and dislike, you know, about your your uh, your agency team or things like that. You don't have to touch touch too much in the detail about the likes and the de- dislike portion, but I want to know what that overall process was like. Yeah. So like you just said, you know, you're an agent now. So, you know, from your side of it, it's your job to, to sell what you bring as, as, as best as you can to the player. Because this is a, a person who's probably going to make you some money. So you want him to believe in whatever it is you're selling. So that's basically what all these emails were. Like, man, I, I, I got this guy. I did this for this guy. And if you sign with me, I can do this for you. And I got guys playing here and there, but if you were somebody like me who really didn't know much about any of that, none of that really appealed to me. Cause I'm like, man, I don't, yeah, you probably got dudes that's playing X, Y, Z, but I don't know about any of that. So I was more focused on uh, how personable the, the guy was. And if I really felt like he was gonna put me in a good position, like a cause there's so many leagues in Europe, like these agents can just stick you anywhere and they, they can make some money off of you. So that's kind of what I was just concerned with. Like, okay, is he personable and is he really gonna, gonna help me like be in a good situation? So I talked to a few of them on the phone with both my parents. Uh, it came down to like, I think two. Uh, it came down to two, a guy named Chris Brown and a guy named Adam Goes. And I, I ended up picking Adam because he was the first person that emailed me. He was the very first email I got. And all throughout 
the rest of um, my conference play in my senior year and throughout the conference tournament, he was emailing me every week, just asking how things are, how he watched the game, he saw XYZ and talked to him over the phone with uh, my mom and dad and he seemed cool. So that's how I ended up uh, picking him. And he never like, he never tried to tell me about what he did for other people. He was just making it like, man, I'm gonna do the best I can for you. I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna talk. It's not always gonna be great, but I'm gonna do my best for you. So that's kind of how I, uh, I ended up picking him. Oh, that's commendable. Cause you know, I think now, uh, for the lack of a better word, kids don't understand when, before they get in it, man, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. in this business. You know, a lot of people make, you know, this thing look like this, when really it's not, you know, and you could probably, hearing it from my personal yeah, experience. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said <laughs> that. Because the dude I ended the dude I signed with, like two, three years into it, once I got a little knowledge of how things worked and, you know how, how things went and I'm like man why am I why am I in this position why am I not over here and why am I not and I felt like the dude was doing exactly what I just said he was just putting me somewhere that he knew I could I could get a job with no problem instead of really working to put me in a good position so I ended up switching from him to uh the agent I'm with now his name is Saul he's from Spain and the guy works so hard. He he, uh, he his work ethic is re- really what was the difference. I think just knowing the, the 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 first guy and now knowing him, he works a lot harder and he's he he's more. It's like he cares more. And I know in this business, like you know, that doesn't really matter most of the time. It's just about are you producing? Or are you not? Right. It's just a, an extra, you know extra boost if you really feel like to do genuinely is you know invested in you as a person versus what you do on the floor so yeah i'm glad you said that i had to throw that in there too because yeah it's a lot of smoke and mirrors man a lot yeah because i just hearing it you know a lot of agents you know not you know bad talking to anybody like you know how i am like i always just worried about Mm -hmm. me i stay in my own lane you know just try to be the best best me um, but they mm-hmm. they sit and they just highlight, okay, I can do this for you, do that for you. And, you know, it's easy to to get caught up in that when you got to realize at the end of the day, you know, yeah, they may have put players there, but is my game even on his level? Or, you know, did I have the yeah. same career as him in college? Like resume, because resume is everything. Yeah. We know this. Um, so yeah. that you touched on it that is. very well. Yeah. So what was, obviously you had to go to the, the international route. What was your rookie year like? Uh, a lot of people don't know. I mean, you know, but a lot of people don't know, man. It was, it was rough. It was really rough. It was, uh, uh, I was in a small town in Spain. Nobody really spoke English. So I was kind of forced to learn Spanish. Uh, the coach, it's probably one of the craziest coaches I've ever had. Like he did, the dude was just so intense. Like he was just always on us about everything, which is fine. But I guess it's because it was a shock because I just didn't really know what to expect. I'm thinking it's like a pro is chill. Everybody comes up, comes in in shape. 
you perform, coach does his job. But it was more like college. It was more like uh, we conditioning, we running in the mountains, we running on the track. The dude had us doing defensive drills and, all, and I'm like, man, is this really what it's like? And on top of that, it was a culture shock too. So you got to deal with that part too. Like I said, it's a, a small village. Uh, nobody spoke English. None of my teammates really spoke English. A, f- a few of them did, but for the most part, uh, it's just a big adjustment that you got to make. And if you aren't like <laughs> mentally up for that, it can be rough. It can be rough. It can be rough either way, even if you're up for it or not. But um, it just makes it 100% worse if you're not mentally into it. You got to be able to be like, all right, I'm here to do a job. Uh, let's lock in for eight, nine, 10 months, however long the season is, and just do what you came there to do. But it is hard because the social aspect of it depends on the type of team you're on and the city you're in. Uh, so, yeah, just the human side of it is can go bad if, you, if you're not really ready for it. Understood. So listening to those obstacles, you know, that you in different challenges that you face, language, you know, adjusting mm-hmm. to, you know, the pro-life being similar to college. What do you think about, obviously, the elephant in the room, being a black man in a foreign country? Like, how, what has that experience been like? Um, I don't know, because, you, you know, even in the States, athletes are just treated differently. You know, if if LeBron wasn't LeBron, would he be treated the way he's treated? You know, because he's black, but because he's LeBron, mm. you know, everybody loves him and everybody respects and admires him and all that. So, you know, athletes as a whole, they just treat it a little bit differently because they do something that people enjoy and they like and they admire. So they, they're treated a little bit differently. So I can't really say, um, and thankfully I haven't really been in any, uh, Eastern European countries or like some just crazy races or, you know, predominantly white country. I mean, all of them are predominantly white, but all the ones I've been to, Spain, France, they got a black population. So um, I haven't been anywhere like uh, Slovakia or Lithuania, uh, you know, places where Serbia, where it's just you know, only white people. So I haven't really okay. dealt with it. I don't think I haven't had any instances of, you know, anybody being racist or no, nothing like that. So uh, I think it's because I'm an athlete. If I weren't an athlete, it'd probably be a little bit different. Okay. So what are some of the, the countries you've been to so far? So to play in, I've, I've played in Spain for three years, Germany two years, and now this is my first year in France. But I've been to, I've been to Spain, obviously those three, uh, Belgium, England, then the Russia. Um, where else? Am I, am I missing one? I've been to Holland. Um, yeah, it's really easy to travel around Europe. I think like a lot of people don't know that either. Is when you, you I learned came, that you, too. I learned yeah, that yeah. Time when yeah. I went with, with, with the wife. So easy. I was, so easy. I was like, I was very shocked. I was like, man, yeah. it costs an arm and a leg to get over there. But once you're in, bro, you can go yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Once you're over here, 
the eight hour train ticket can take you from France to Germany or to Spain, or like you can get around easily, easily. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely, definitely. I, w- I was definitely looking to come into France, but COVID hit. I, I, I know for sure I was going to make that trip. Yeah. I had it already planned out. So, but it's all good. Everything. Like you said, like we talked earlier, you know, I was supposed to come down there with you and Ty and the C Reed, but COVID took us out. So, but you know, next summer we're going to get right. Yes, sir. Looking forward to that. So how did, how's the adjustment been for COVID in your club right now? It's weird right now because they, the country is shut down and they have a meeting Wednesday to figure out what we're going to do with the, with the season. Are we going to shut down like the country is? Are we going to keep playing without any fans? Are they going to say, okay, you're not playing and just give us unemployment. So we will, uh, I guess we'll know this week sometime, but it's, it's a mess, man. It's nobody really knows or nobody's prepared for something like this. So we'll find out this week. Wow. From an education piece too, Chris, did you seeing your first contract? Did you understand the language or or you know what was asked of you? Like, did you have that that knowledge? Uh, obviously, you probably great did being a rookie. But that's a great question. Was was <laughs> your was your agent not educating you? Yeah, not you know. The first time I I read the first contract I I had, I sent it to. Uh, my mentor at SIUE, she's the assistant dean of the business department. I sent it to her and she sent it to a lawyer that she knew because I had no idea what, you know, if there were any loopholes or if this is something I'm signing, I'm like, this is serious. So I need somebody who knows at least uh, contractual language to look at it and tell me, oh, okay, it's good, you can sign it or not. Because at the time, I, my agent, I know him, but I don't know him. I don't know what this dude is. I don't know if he in it with the team, if he knows the DM and he's just trying to make some money. You know, I didn't know. So I sent it to some to my mentor and she sent it to her uh her attorney and he got back to me and like, yeah, it was it's okay, it's a standard contract, XYZ. So yeah, that's a great question. And I see they have things like player image rights and player obligations and club obligations and travel obligations, like and every contract is different. Every contract has something different in it based off what the club feels like your duties are. So that's a great question. And that is, man, I didn't think he was gonna ask that one. But yeah, I had to I had to ask somebody else um, to kind of look over it to make sure it was uh it was uh okay to sign. That's dope. Okay, cool. Now that makes sense. That sounds, yeah. you know. You know the use the usual response for for rookies. You know entering the business side. Yeah, I mean, catch it off guard with that, but I feel like you know these, yeah. these young bulls. <laughs> that's they a good question, know. bro. It's a good question. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Because if you're a rookie, you don't know what some of the terms mean. You know, I mean, even though you might know, it could be a little bit like you got to read between the lines or some stuff, or if a dispute happens, like maybe they have more power than you thought or you have less power than you thought so yeah that's that's a good question yeah 
So, man, outside of the cons, what's the pros of playing overseas? Ah, uh, pro, man. You first of all, if you get to see a different country, like that's the main thing. Um, my rookie year, I didn't care about money. I didn't care about uh, the fact that I was playing pro. I was just like, man, I get to go to Spain to play basketball. Like, I'm like, man, I get to see. I get to go to Madrid and Barcelona, Valencia and all these places. Like how many people you like me and, you know, had the chance to do something like that. So that's the first thing. Like you get to see how other people live, other cultures live just outside of uh, America. Um, the second thing is the people like you, you're going to meet all different types of people, man, like all different people from Europe and people from South America people from everywhere like middle eastern people you're gonna meet your teammates are gonna be from everywhere so uh that's the, the i think those two is the, the most important the ones that stick out and probably third is the food like you get to to <laughs> try other things and what what other cultures eat because you know you know you from detroit or miami you know we got good <laughs> eats so them first two, three months, you're like, man, you can't go get some wings from Coney or you can't go get, you know, some jerk, jerk chicken from the Jamaican spider, man. You can't do that. You got, you got to learn what they eat and what, you know, what they, what they indulge in. So those, those three things, just probably just being in a different country, um, the people you meet and then the food, the food definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're in France enjoying some good wine, so I, I you know? it's working out all right for you. <laughs> it is, right? Because, like I've been telling you, I've been trying to get to France. So, uh, and it's crazy how the, the timing that it happened too, like with COVID and everything going on. I'm like, man, my basketball career is probably over. Uh, it looks like sports are done for the near future. And then place I always wanted to go to popped up. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't complain at all. So what do you do outside of, you know, hooping, man? I know when you were a pro, you got lots of free time. So what what, what you do with, on your time off? Yeah, that's true. We got weird free times. Like we free when nobody else is free. And then when everybody else is free, we playing or we practicing. So Outside of that, I'm, uh, I just started getting into trading a little bit. I trade options um, in the stock market. I do that. So let uh, the world know. What's that? What's, to, teach, teach them young bulls. We talking bad oh, talk options, right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, talk to them. Uh, man, how can I put that in a nutshell? So you can trade stocks. like You can buy stock in a company or whatever. Um, or you can trade options on a stock. And there's basically two basic kind of options there's calls and puts and a call is basically you putting on the stock price to go up and a put is you betting on the stock price to go down so it's more of a a short-term um way to kind of i guess make some money um based off of if you you don't really have to have a lot of information either you can kind of watch your favorite companies some news might come out and you might think okay i i think the stock is going up you buy a call, stock price goes up, however many dollars you make, however many dollars. That, I, I just made like 288 last week um, because Apple went up a little bit. 
but actually now Apple's down like crazy right now, but that's a different story. So I do that. I trade options. Um, I was about to take the GMAT last summer uh, to go to, to get ready for grad school, but I stopped because I came back over here and I'm about to start studying again for the GMAT. I'm studying French right now. So I'm just trying to find, like I said, we got so much free time. Uh, you just try to find stuff throughout the day to, to fill it up. So yeah, I don't do a whole lot, but. No, that's dope though, man. You, you more than an athlete, bro. You, you learning the whole entire language. You gotta you know be. I mean, you, you train, you trade in options and you know, yeah. like that's, that's, that's gotta showing be, these, whoever listening that, you know, you, you outside of your, your, uh, your basketball, you're well-versed in business and culture, you know, so yeah. that's dope, yeah, bro. You know, you know, like I know, the ball does not bounce forever. So you gotta have something to, to cause just like in, in sports, you gotta be able to sell yourself to employers. You gotta be, you gotta be able, you gotta be an asset basically in anything you do. So, mm. uh, yeah, man. So you gotta, you gotta do, you know, well as I do, you gotta, you a whole lawyer. Like you, <laughs> you gotta have the edge in some kind of whatever you're doing, basketball, business, teaching, economy, law, got to have something to our employer is like, okay, I want him. So, yeah, got to be, yes, got to be more an athlete. No, I like that. That's, that's definitely something, you know, shout out to Brian for, for coining that term because that's been something, man, that I've been living by outside yeah. of never say die, of course, but be more than an athlete, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't dribble. You just can't, mm-hmm. you know, score touchdowns. Like, now it's time to to become business owners or, you know, lawyers, uh, learning about trade, stock trading and all of that. Like, you know, we, we have to be educated on that. So you, you're showing these, these young uh, women and men how to do it, man. So, so keep at it, bro. I'm proud of you. You know what? I'll, uh, just like you said, <clears throat> how you got the never say die thing for me, that's kind of what I got from you. When we first met, you always, I mean, you, you don't get me wrong. You love the hoop, but you always were about business. Like you were about business and money and you, you, you were like career driven. So this is, this is something I kind of took from you. Cause when I first got to the E, I just wanted to hoop. Like, I'm like, man, I'm for, I'm here to hoop. Like, I just want to, I just want to hoop. This is all I, I'm here to do. And then once I got older, I was like, okay, I want to go to grad school. When I first got there, I'm like, no, nah, I just, I'm just here to hoop. But you always had that, that kind of state of mind in the back of your head, like, no, nah, I want to hoop and I want to be, I want to own something. I want to be a, like a, a boss. Like I want to, I want to run my own stuff and I want to be something more than just somebody who hoops. So even though I had my parents telling me the same thing, like, you know, you need something more than basketball, you need a degree. And I, I do agree with that because not everybody can go to the NBA. So um, yeah, that's something that I kind of took from you, I think, like to just know how you was always about business, no matter if it like whatever it was you were doing. Like, I'm glad you decided to go to law school because you know, we finna link up in a couple years, you know what I'm saying? My boy finna retire me, we gonna, <laughs> we gonna be the first ever. Oh no, I already did it with Thailand, so I can't say, uh, 
first brothers to to rep you you gonna represent your brother but so yeah man i kind of that's kind of what i took from you like this dude is always serious he's always professional he's always thinking about business like always thinking about business so yeah no nah, i appreciate you, you that bro man you know i love you man you my guy my guy always oh, yeah. oh, yeah. we 10 years we about to be 10 years in that's crazy i can bro well you one of my groomsmen off risk <laughs> Oh yeah, you know that. I know you in the wedding. Can't wait for the wedding. Woo! Yes, let's sir. turn it. Yes, let's turn it to the culture, though. It's rare. It's rare, 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 rare at this time. When we went to college, man, you know we get old. Uh, what? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Summer. Yeah. yeah. It's rare that I met somebody with either just as much or more passion for Drake as a artist you know me man you know me you know like <laughs> we had the trust issues playing in cougar all day soon <laughs> in the marvin's room <laughs> real talk hey, Foley. yeah front to back we had that thing blasting in the room and i was okay with it i was like man you know what i'm happy somebody see drake for what i saw drake for at that time and i mean look yeah. look yeah. it's been 10 years Drake grew up with us. Look how he a boss. Basically, boss. yeah, you, we got to see him grow. The boy don't miss like the boy. And what I what I don't think a lot of people see. A lot of people caught on to Drake when he had um, what was his first single? Best I ever had. That was the first time for a lot of people really hearing about Drake. But mm -hmm. I was lucky enough when I was in high school. I had caught his earlier stuff like Comeback Season, Room for Improvement. The stuff where he was really rapping, like you know, now he do more of you know he's singing and the pop stuff. That's what a lot of people kind of really don't like about Drake because he's a rapper, but he sings. And but I was lucky enough to hear comebacks. Comeback season was the first mixtape I heard from Drake, and then I went and looked to see if he had anything early. I listened to Room for Improvement. I'm like, yo, this dude is nice. Like he 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 gonna be he's gonna be nice. Like sure enough. After he did comeback season, he did so far gone the mixtape with Wayne. Boy took off. Took off. My first, my first uh single that really struck me was yeah, I listened to um to those as well. But that YouTube clip of brand new, I was like Brand new? Yeah. <laughs> the brand that's new. Not the one with Wayne. Not the one with Wayne. One just him. Yeah, show. just him. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking it. crazy, man. He was talking crazy. And <laughs> he kind of like, uh, I think he did a, 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 a like a great job of kind of meshing together R&B and rap. Like he is the first person that I know who kind of got away with that, who kind of got away with rapping. And then he'll sing like the hook or the chorus or he'll sing some bars and then he'll rap. Like he's the first, I might, you know, I'm not, crazy in the music and I know J Mac might say something to me about because you know J Mac know all the shout the out music to J Mac. You know, my boy Mac. So he is the first person that I know of that kind of came out with that, like that was doing that. He he would rap and then he would sing a little bit and he would rap and then and he just made it work. He kind of created his own lane. And now all the rappers doing it for the most part. Uh, it's too late. That boy do been doing it man. Shout out to Drizzy yeah. man. Yeah. OVO sound shout out to Man, 
it's always it's their strength in the crew. I like to say that we we don't we don't do nothing on our own. And for yeah. him, it's forty man. Shout out to forty. The forty. 40. His producer, manager. No, he's not his manager. I know he produced everything for him, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his man. That's his man. His man's gonna go hard for him, like he should. So yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm looking. I'm looking forward to Certified Lover Boy. So it's, it's yeah, on, man. In college, every October, boy, we we had we knew we were gonna have some new drinks. We knew we was gonna have some, whether it's a single, <laughs> a mixtape, where he giving us an album. We knew we was gonna have something, man. My boy definitely mm-hmm. got us to in college days for sure. For, for sure. sure, man. Nah, it's been it's been love, man. I'm looking forward to it. So, man, you got some advice, man, for this next generation of hoopers, man, or the guys who who coming after you, you know, next next year. Mm. Uh, I guess if I would tell me if I was in this next class, just play hard. Don't do anything for the money. Don't worry about money. Like, cause with social media and uh, Instagram, we all have to feel like we gotta make it seem like we're just doing amazing all the time. And that's yeah. just not real. Just not. It's just not real. So you don't gotta show everybody you're struggling. But what I'm saying is, don't go into a situation where you sign with an agent and you like, yo, I need to be making this or I. Don't do it for the money because money money will come if you're performing. If you're performing, money's going to come. It, it, it's, if you're doing your job well, like any other walk of life, people are going to recognize that and they're going to say, yo, we want him. We need him on our team. So I guess I would say, because that's I didn't do it for the money because I didn't know anything about none of that. I was just happy to be there. So don't do it for the money. And the second thing I would say is always be professional, always, because it's gonna have some stuff is gonna happen where you're gonna be like, yo, what is this or what, like, what are, what are we doing? What's going on? Just don't, don't let it get to you. Stay professional. Do what you gotta do. Do your job. You don't gotta be friends with your teammates, but y'all got the same goal. Y'all trying to win, and if you win, they win, and then vice versa. So, yeah, just don't do it for the money. Do it. Do it to perform well. Do do it because you love your job. And then second, always be professional, man. Uh, no matter the circumstances. Where we had practice in some gyms, where we had to keep our sweatpants on. Like you could see a breath in front of your face. We had a we had. A, I kid you not. My second year in Spain, we had a practice one time in the gym where I promise you, bro. One of the rims were like eight feet. I kid you not. One of the rims were eight feet. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, are we are we really about to practice in here? Because they were redoing our floor, and we we had to put up new new rims in the new floor. So we had to find gyms all over the city to practice in. Wow. And one of the gyms we practice in, the rim was eight feet, and I'm just thinking, like, are we really about to do this? But you, hey, just stay professional. Do what you got to do. You can't control that the rim is eight feet. It's not in your control. Just control the things that you can control. And that's about it. That's probably all I would say to uh, my younger self and anybody else coming up after that. You hit it right on the head, man, because I think seeing it now, a lot of people 
exactly what you said. This generation, and not not downplaying them because we're millennials. We 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 grew up with MySpace, Facebook, all of that too, and Instagram. Yeah. But one thing I could I could say at least we we're we're in tune with how it was in the nineties a little bit in the early two thousands before all of that. So we know reality a little bit well than than uh the gen, gen the than Gen Z does. Um yeah. I think they they think that success has to come so fast when it doesn't. Um it's a fact, I, bro. I, yeah. Yeah, so you definitely touched on that very, very well and I appreciate you for that, bro, because it's I think you know, it's, it's like I think it's is hurting more than it's helping now because like you said when we were growing up we were still going outside to play i had to be home before the street lights i had to leave the court in enough time to make it home before the street lights we didn't have instagram and twitter and all that like we had you know we were just outside and then we were kind of the transition generation of being outside and playing and then now the internet is here and now it's like a it almost feels like a competition of like whose life is the best like who's mm. who's doing the, the 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 best in life when life is not like that it's but well, you take a hundred l's before you take one good win and we only post one good win so it looks like every time we post something it's like oh man this guy's doing great or this guy i'll give you some some insight and my own family members you know this but you and ty know this but a lot of people don't know this my second year Bro, I was making 650 euros. For, so for the people that don't know about the the euro, it's about the same as a dollar. So let's just say it's about seven, eight hundred dollars. My second year, I was making 650 euro or 700 dollars a month. 700 dollars a month playing professional bet. Like I could have quit and be like, yo, I'm going home. I can get 10 times that, like just with my degree. But I didn't do it for that. I didn't do it for it to show oh man, I'm playing pro. Everything is all great. Like, no, I did it because I wanted to be there. I wanted to do this. That's what I wanted to do. And I think a lot of people get caught up in, oh man, I got to show Instagram where I got to show people that my life is just so great when life is not like that. Like, it's just, you take a lot of L's before you get one good W and then you try to sustain the one good W that you just had. So I think it's it's more of a younger generation, probably like you said, it's more of a Gen Z kind of thing, because they really just on Instagram with everything. But yeah, man. Uh, this game is about longevity. If you, yeah, you always. I tell I tell my guys now, man, like it's one thing to get here and another to exactly. stay here. Like <laughs> what you gonna fact, do? Man. That you is know, a fact. I, and it's a, it's a hard concept because I understand like I hooped before. Getting a, a a college scholarship was probably my biggest on-court achievement because it was hard. It was not easy. Yeah. I mean, let alone the off-the-court stuff, taking, you know, keeping your grades up, SAT, ACT, yeah. mm-hmm. trying to find an AAU team, you know, spending, you know, I have, you know me, I got a summer birthday. We both do, you know. Yeah spending birthdays away from home during AAU like that that wasn't easy and being a professional is no different but a lot of people like you said they get caught up in 
Instagram and seeing what the glitz and the glam is of, of being a pro. When it, It's not all that, man. But my brother, thank you for your time. Oh, man, it's uh, an honor, man. I get the first episode of the legendary Dreams to Currency podcast. I'm, it's an honor for me, bro. You know, you know that. We on our way, man. I'm, I'm, I'm raising my glass. I need, hold on, let me pour some more. You know, I'm on, <laughs> I've been at the end of my wine with you, man. I've been really enjoying this. Yes, I want to say, man, I'm wishing you more wins, brother. And more importantly, I'm giving you yes, flowers sir. while you're here. More I life. appreciate you. I appreciate you. When I retire, you know, I'm, I'm going to start my own podcast so I can... I think I'm going to do like the, the, I want to interview people on the opposite end of the business. Like, so I was a player and now you're the agent. So now I want to see, I want to talk to ADs. I want to talk to uh director of basketball operation, Dobos, agents. I think that was something I was kind of thinking about too. So if I get my own podcast started, you know who's who going to be the first guest. Who's going to be the first guest. Like, yeah, bro, I appreciate it, man. You know, we talk usually once twice a week anyway so it's a it's normal conversation for us that's a fact we just giving them a, a inside to the game room man you know we move in silence as always 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 if anybody wanted to get in touch with you man what's the best way uh to get connected with you um and we were just talking about uh instagram how instagram so bad but uh my what is my my instagram is underscore chris davis 11 k-r-i-s-d-a-v-i-s-1-1 my twitter is uh i think it's underscore chris davis one i think that's what my twitter is so uh yeah i think that's probably the best way to get in touch with me uh so anybody who got any questions about anything um i'm always trying to help somebody so yeah, I think that's, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Let's do it. More importantly, never say die, man. Shout out to Chris. Never say Davis. die, man. No matter what, you never say die. Thank you, bro. Appreciate your time. Sir, you know me, bro. Anytime, bro. Anytime.